and welcome to Thought Garden Personal Development with Nature. Today I have another new guest. I'm very, very proud to welcome Caroline Payton today. And Caroline is um, a very, very interesting lady with a very, very impressive uh, repertoire of stuff that I want to go through. So after 20 years in corporate management, Caroline took the decision to retrain, firstly in nutritional therapy, then naturopathy, which I've just learned how to say correctly. She also holds diplomas in iridology and wellbeing coaching. She helped establish the naturopathic nutrition association and was the chair for seven years she also became the principal of the natural healthcare college in 2013 and supervised final year students clinical practice training until 2018 caroline runs her own private practice now and specializes in digestive gut health wow caroline wow um can we just kick off by saying thank you very much for coming along but also what is naturopathy now <laughs> naturopathy what is naturopathy and how do you say it properly oh thank you for having me on today Rachel um well naturopathy is more of a philosophy a science and art and it's all about understanding the body holistically and recognizing that given the right tools the body is able to heal itself but it's understanding what those right tools are I'm just sort of delving in a little bit more detail um and it was an, an, an analogy that was explained to me once, which I think is really useful to understand. It's like thinking of the body and the person as a three legged stool. I know that sounds a bit weird, but each leg of those stool represents the um, spiritual, emotional well-being side of somebody. That really is understanding the impact that stressors and trauma can have on the person. The other side is understanding about the structural side of a person. And very much if your spine is out of alignment, for example, if you've got tight muscles, that can have an impact on the nerve flow to your organs so it can impact you that way and the final bit which is really my area of specialism is understanding what we call the chemical side so it's the nutritional side um, the elimination if it was poor blood flow poor lymph flow yeah poor elimination but making sure people have the night nutritional status and if you get all of those things in alignment people can be healthy and vibrant um, but often very often people aren't as vibrant perhaps as they should and could be that's not such a strange analogy actually it's funny you saying that when I trained as a supervisor for coaching right one of the models we use as a kind of a basis for supervision is a three-legged stool <laughs> because if you're missing one of the legs then exactly. then you are decidedly wobbly exactly if one leg is a little bit shorter than the other because of something going on you can't be naturopaths would say you can't be in a hundred percent full health so it's understanding where those little wobbles are um, and helping correct them how do how do you go about finding the wobbly leg yeah so it's all about you know this is the other key part of being a naturopath is it's about trying to find the root cause to somebody's problems and symptoms and often they may be well away from where the presenting symptoms are I could give the example of a headache for example mm. you may think the headache but well, that's related to something going on in the head but it could be to do with poor elimination um, it could be to do with poor nutritional status it could be to do with the stress in someone's life um, and the way I go about that is taking a really in-depth case history with somebody mm. um, my initial consultations with somebody are 90 minutes long 
long because I want to find out as much about that individual as possible because then I'm trying to join up the dots and put those connections in place trying to understand where something might have fallen down where the gaps may be where the weaknesses may be so mm. that's the main tool that I use but I also use iridology people don't really understand what I was also going to ask you what that is as well yes yeah <laughs> again you know naturopathy iridology these aren't well-known therapies and tools in the UK naturopathy people know a little bit it's much more widely known in America um, but iridology again isn't that widely known there aren't, aren't that many practitioners but it's looking at the nerve fibers in the eye and the nerve fibers have come from uh, the central nervous system representing every part of the body so like someone might go for reflexology and the reflexologist may relate uh, something in the foot to a part of the body when we look at the eyes and I have a very specialized camera to look at all the nerve fibers in the eyes it relates to all different parts of the body I can clearly see the digestive zone which is a bit that really fascinates me different colorings you can get little little colored spots in the eye that relate to different organs it's really fascinating when I show my clients what their eyes look like they're like wow I didn't realize there was so much detail going on in my eyes so that's another tool that I use to help with certainly in what I call inherent strengths and weaknesses but they all help form a picture of what might be going on with that person today wow yeah it's, it's I, I hadn't heard of it. and has that got a root in the same way that iridescence has it got the same sort of meaning or I am i just so. no, no. making up i mean people might say to me oh i've been to opticians and blah 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 and i go no the opticians not looking at the same things that i'm looking at they're not no, looking they at the be. fibers on the front of the eye they're looking at the retina they might be looking at what's going on in the back they look at the blood vessels at the back don't they, they, look they don't at look at vessels. yeah you're right yeah. And I think that's what you see when you go to the optician is it when you get that reflection, you can see all the wiggles yeah. at the back. That's not nerves. That's, no. that's You know, so one thing that people say to me is like, oh, I've got um, hazel eyes or all oh, my eyes are a little bit green. Or when you see it under magnification, those people with eyes that aren't necessarily very blue or very dark brown. What's actually you're seeing and you see it really clearly under magnification is it's a blue eye with various amounts of brown overlay. And that's what gives the different sort of hazel green, these different sort of colours. So people go, wow, I didn't realise my eyes. <laughs> and you say to anyone else, yes, my eyes are this colour. They'll look at you and go, no, they're not. Because they're not <laughs> seeing that picture of it. It's no, just exactly. seeing... <laughs> it seems, it. It is interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's an awful lot here. And, and I guess there is this holistic view, isn't there? This, this, um, I mean, nature's in the title, nature's in, in the, the pathology. <laughs> You are looking at the pathology of the nature or the nature right. of the pathology. So how does that, I mean, how does your relationship with the natural world map into your work with, with the, the, I mean, it's a science, isn't it? Iridology, naturopathy, it, yeah. they are I mean, science-based in, in many ways. Yeah. Naturopathy, um, some of the original proponents, the, it was called nature cure. Oh, wow. Okay. And so when you go right back in time, it was very much about sunlight and fresh air and walking in nature mm. um, and some of them you know you go into deeper yes different realms of naturopathy but people will be talking about walking barefoot grounding people mm. talk about forest bathing so in terms of from my perspective I tell people to get outside more well of course I'm going to tell them that because of vitamin d and getting sunshine you know that's from a particular nutritional point of view but I very much you know I've got different clients some of them are very very weak with certain conditions some of them are stronger but I'll say to people just sit outside 
just get in the fresh air. People don't, as we know, people don't spend enough time outside. We're cooped up inside for far too much time. So I will say to people, look, even if you can't walk very far, just try and sit outside on a dry day. You know, if it's sunny, great. If it's not, just being outside with nature is so important. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? As a country with so much green space, yes, we are one of the most nature-poor societies. That's interesting. When it comes to behaviour and culture of getting outside and spending time in nature, as a proportion, and there is a socio-economic demographic as well, that, that mm-hmm. real inequalities there, inequalities there. But ultimately, it's, you know... <sighs> It's a frustrating situation where people would rather sit indoors and watch the TV or or, or maybe they might go to the beach in the summer, but they'll do maybe a day or two of it. It's a day trip. It's not a, I'll go out and get my nature hit now. No, you're right. Only five minutes in the garden. It's not something that's part and parcel of everyday life. It's not a habit. It's not a daily kind of normal habit. And growing your own is is kind of niche and a bit, it's kind of middle-aged white people in general and you just you kind of look at this picture and you start to go and I know that's that's massively massively sweeping as a statement but if you look at the demographics who you know go to garden centers go go up to your local garden center and look at the demographic I am one of the, I bring the average age down when I visit <laughs> a local garden center on most days it's a little bit more varied because you know the working families will come back and they'll go up there mm. during the week yeah, I, I definitely bring the average age down when I go up to a garden centre, and it's predominantly white as well. And that really, I just, I, I mean, I'm going yeah. completely off on a tangent, but it, it frustrates me that we, as a society, and aren't embracing it enough. I think we're embracing it more. Mm. As well, well, I mean, look what happened last year. We, we're very lucky where we live in the part of the world. Yeah. We've got green space and fresh air and all of that. But last year, with the first lockdown, people living in cities and they shut the parks, and people even couldn't even walk around a park, you know, and it was very difficult for people Lots and I, I yeah my, my, my brother-in-law's in in Surbiton it's not quite London it's nearly there um and they they're in a second floor flat with a small child he's I think he was five when it all kicked off he's just turned seven but essentially you know trying to be home bound or having to be home bound with, with a child of that age not being able to go to local parks and things was horribly frustrating and then you think okay well if they've got it so bad in inverted commas think of someone in a high rise think I of someone Oh, I, that's one of the first thoughts I had, Rachel, last year, actually, is just that situation. Think of people in, in you know, high-rise flats with, with children. How, how difficult with that? This is something I think the National Trust, they did an article on one of their um, magazines, the, last, no, the one before the last one, I think it was. And they gave some quite startling statistics around um, access to natural spaces for particularly people with children in inner city areas and um, the sort of more poverty ridden mm. areas of, of the cities. And, you know, having this aspiration that nobody in the UK should be any more than a 10 minute walk from a green space. Now, by green space, it could be a square patch of rough ground with a few plants yeah grass you would hope that it's better than that and you would hope that it's more um you know accessible than just a little toddle up to someone that looks pretty miserable to go to because you're not going to encourage people to go there if it's if it's like that 
Um, and then you see what cities like Singapore are doing, what you see like the, the, the more Nordic cities are doing, where there's so much green space and, and now they're gardening upwards. They're going, you know, sort of That's interesting. living walls and things. Wow. Using the, re-greening the cities effectively, but in a really clever, sustainable way. And you think, well, why can't we do stuff like that? Why aren't councils and towns? Well, but Nordic countries, they are outdoorsy people, aren't well, they? Well, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. It must come so natural. And yeah. again, they have a lot of space, let's face it. The population's relatively small and they're quite well spread out I suppose um in terms of access to that space but anyway I'm, I'm kind of digressing and wanting <laughs> no, to put the world right, but being outside is just so important well, you know you know mental well-being but that must that <laughs> I was just thinking going back to your three-legged stool yeah. that's going to be wobbling one of the legs isn't it it is absolutely those people absolutely it definitely is and um, then when you see people I guess that aren't in that situation aren't stuck in that way but choose to be indoors choose to be watching the telly or playing video games or never really going outside unless it's to um I don't know I suppose go to the park have some drinks with friends and then come home again not really connecting more of a consumer no. well I have these questions on, on my questionnaire you know it does get a bit long but the more oh. information I gather about someone the better so I ask questions about how much how many hours do you spend watching tv how many hours in front of the computer or mobile did you grow up in a city or in the country they're all important factors even though you might be 60 years old if you grew up in a city with a lot of pollution um you know they're all factors that can still have a bearing on your life and health today in maybe and it might be in a small fraction but it is all relevant um you know and I ask people about their exercise and what they do and for me it isn't about so I'm just drifting off a little bit now but um it's not so much about intensive exercise I I've done a my own um sort of blog and that about movement as well it's not about you know going out and doing crazy exercise and working really hard at the gym unless that's really your thing but actually that may be counterproductive for health it's about movement and fresh air and possibly more gentle forms of exercise as well. Just walking. I'll say to people, just walk, you know, just walk. Yeah. Yeah, we're designed for walking, aren't we? That's, that's our, our physiology is designed to be healthy and walking, which is, yes. yeah, we're not designed to be sitting like we are now. No. On chairs, maybe. No, that's why <laughs> about movement. I said, you know, it's not about I've done 60 minutes of exercise a day, which it comes at sort of seven o'clock at night. If you've just spent 10 hours sitting in a chair, mm. all day, I said, you know, oh God, I'm no, I'm not, no, not perfect at all. I have to remind myself, but you know, we have to get up and just move, go, make yourself. If you've got a toilet downstairs, make yourself go use the stairs and go up. <laughs> stairs, for go to the one that's not on the yeah, same floor. Yeah. It's movement. It's movement and do something, do some stretching or yeah, go for a short walk. It's a joke. Okay, I'm very grateful for my dogs because they make me make go out kind of get down on the floor. Yeah. I get down on the floor with them because I don't want them jumping. Well, they do. They do jump up on the sofa. I will say that they do get on the sofa with me. But sometimes it's quite nice to kind of get down on the floor with them and have a little play and a cuddle. And, and actually, it does make me more multi-layered I suppose in terms of the the, pla the the planes upon which I'm operating is standing sitting and being yeah so I mean, there's a lovely sunny spot that rocket you can't see it oh. on the podcast because we're on the podcast but he's lying in his lovely sunny spot by the French windows and I'm sat up here and I'm kind of in shade because the sun is not low enough so if I want to sit down in the sunny spot I go and sit on his bed <laughs> it upsets him no end because I'm, I'm taking in his his video he's like no 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 place but we'll sit down there and i'll sit and have a coffee on the floor next to the dog bed that's fine that's and it's a it's a lovely better get a bit of sun on you as well yeah yeah it's you know if it's something i can't if and actually when it's been too hot to go outside that was quite a nice nice place to sort of sit because you have the sun without being too 
frazzled <laughs> basically <laughs> so there we go there are options get on the floor get off the floor stand up sit get down a, get a standing desk that's the Make other thing I was yes thinking. that's on my wish list get a standing yeah that is on my shopping list is a standing desk mm. one that I can put up and put down and, and maybe down. have a chair that I can you know perch on stand up yes. not perch, yeah yeah that's uh yeah. definitely on the on the the wish list and I would say for any home worker or long-term home worker wouldn't that be a great idea for organizations to start investing yes. in that kind of stuff for Absolutely. people who are long-term workers at home definitely they're yeah. starting to take things seriously around the musculoskeletal issues that people will get from not having anyone near them that, that does the dsr dsc and that's another thing that people say oh it's sit up straight or don't people, on one leg. people yeah. with headaches it could just be this sort of tightness across the shoulders and into the neck that's just got tight and, and certainly i'm using a standalone desktop computer but people now who were sent home from offices and working at laptops their posture is shocking because they're they're crouched over their laptop over them, and it's terrible 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 things for posture yeah. <laughs> so there you go so there's, there's one of the lessons to take away from this have a look at how you're sitting what you're working on and how you're stooping over yeah. your laptop and if you only have a laptop there are things you can get to put it up on desk you can change the height you can move and sometimes you can buy things docking stations can't you for laptops and get yeah, and even if I've, I've got a little metal thing that sits on my yeah. desk I'm not there at the moment because it's mm. uh, noisier than being out here but um and it sits and it rises up my laptop so it's at the height of a desktop so I'm not looking down at it although yeah, that's good um and I yes okay I have to have a separate keyboard because I can't it's had to open out so it's you know I don't know why I'm moving my hands around. This is a <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, I've had to open it out a little bit more than the kind of the right angle you'd normally have it at. So I can't use the keyboard in any sense. That's horrible on the wrists. So I have a, a proper keyboard. keyboard. Yes, yeah. wireless and all the rest of it. So that that works. You've got the workaround. It doesn't mean you can't have no. these desk setups. And you can get there's some other ones as well that lift it right up actually make it so you can use it as a standing desk almost. but it is you know like you say one of the things to take away is you know don't ignore all these little things you know if you're mm. spending all, all your time something like a laptop and I'm not an osteopath but I've done because of my naturopathy training I've done some training about the importance of structure and a little bit of body work I will refer people on so that's another aspect to what I do I'll refer people on so if I, I can look at somebody and particularly like if I see people face to face I can look at if they're slouched, if their shoulders aren't level, if, you know, they're all out of alignment. And I mm. might say, you know what, well, I think you should go to an osteopath or something just, and, and that can help resolve other things and symptoms that are going on. That's the point, isn't it? And I think we've learned, I mean, for, for the listeners, Carolyn and I are in the same networking group. So we meet lots of different people who deal with things from everything from birthing trauma that we carry into our lives right the way through to um, physiotherapy. I think, I, I, actually, she doesn't come anymore, but the, there was a th physiotherapist that was coming to the bath group for a long time. We talk a lot about the vagus nerve and, and what how that goes and very much that, that doesn't quite terminate in the gut, does it? But it's definitely very involved with all linked to digestion. Yeah, massive, yeah. massive impact on and you know getting trapped in the neck when we sit badly, when we we yes. don't sort of keep ourselves straight and keeping our shoulders down and our necks long and, and letting us everything breathe, <laughs> letting everything relax. Vagal it's this, this interconnected exactly just it, it, yeah so I can see where you're coming from with this these sort of legs of the stool and it's and you having a, a specialism around noticing what's wrong with all of the legs potentially and being able to flag things but also having more yes. than one leg that you would specialize in my special so naturopaths specialize in a particular therapy so in itself yeah. naturopathy is not a therapy as I said it's it's a principle of philosophy mm. 
Um, everyone is trained in at least one type of therapy. So my main therapy is nutrition, nutritional therapy. Um, I've done a little bit around herbs. I've done a little bit around homeopathy, but they're not my specialisms. So my main specialism is around nutrition, nutritional therapy. Yeah, which is great. I think. I mean, it's 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 being able to differentiate, isn't it? Is that you know, it's it's, it's not new. <laughs> it's not that you're necessarily a nutritionist if you're a naturopath you might be something else yeah, some people a dietitian if you're a naturopath you might some be something could be, else. someone could be an osteopath exactly um, that's done some nutrition training um or herbalists like i say or a homeopath so people normally have done some training and then specialize in a certain area or then go on and do like I did I did my training in nutritional therapy and then I decided to do further training to become a naturopath so understand this complete holistic understanding yeah, yeah. good well that's really really brilliant and I'm really conscious of starting to run out of time but not quite yet I think we've still got five minutes or so um because I don't I don't want to rush anything because this is just so so fascinating um what would you say is probably the easiest thing for people to notice or to that might give them a clue that maybe they, they could do with talking to somebody like yourself or a nutritionist or or someone to to get an idea of I mean, I don't suppose there is a typical client for you. I don't suppose there's one particular thing people come no. to. But well, obviously, most, the most common kind of. Well, I specialize in digestive and gut health. So that's my main specialism, although I do see clients with other conditions and other symptoms. That's pretty broad, though, isn't it? I mean, it's. Digestion and gut health it is. But yeah. the reason why people will come to me, and usually by the time people will come to me, is because they've exhausted what's available. On the NHS or medically, they might even have gone privately. They might have done the test, which is great because you can rule out anything more sinister and serious. But there's very, very limited options and help available. Or they might have gone to be told they can't see anything wrong. And I have a very in-depth understanding and training around the whole digestive tract, how it works. You know, we just touched on the vagus nerve. You know, how I understand how stress impacts on digestion. Um, and my big specialism around the whole gut and the microbiome and all of that. So there is help out there, but unfortunately it is, it's no one's fault. Now, this isn't a criticism of the NHS or any GPs or anything like that, but it, it, they don't have that in-depth training and understanding. And it stops, of course, if they can't find out anything wrong. So there is help out there, but you know, we shouldn't live with digestive issues, um, bloating, and I won't go into all the other details, um, but you know, <laughs> you know, if you've got digestive I think people can use their imaginations. That, that may be, <laughs> it doesn't need to be like that. And I think it's really important to understand that if you've got those symptoms, you know, there's something not right, you won't be di digesting, you won't be absorbing your nutrients you know a long time ago there was a program you are what you eat and I would say so, that yes. actually you're you're what you can eat digest and absorb um, and if you don't then you're not going to be absorbing all your nutrients or your minerals um, and and over time this has a big impact as well on really affecting the balance of good and bad bacteria in the gut and it can just eventually things sort of um escalate if you like into more and more things it just it won't just go away on its own but there is help out there I suppose you mentioning that show now everyone's going to be wondering if you do go full Gillian McKeith with um, I go full, I go full Gillian McKeith in the fact that I tell but I don't tell people I strongly recommend that we we not me uh we use stool <laughs> testing and there is the bestest stool test out there now which is so accurate and gives us such precise Mm. amazing amazing information which is beyond the scope of this show um but I don't look at it <laughs> I <laughs> okay. test 
they receive the test, the test goes back to the lab. All I get is the emailed results. And, and is that is that similar to the test you might do with like an over 40s health check, those sorts of tests? Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, obviously, this is going into real in-depth understanding. Well, you know, people are curious. <laughs> 72 markers around different commensal beneficial bacteria, pathogens, parasites, yeast. Uh, leaky gut, digestive ability, inflammation. I mean, it's really detailed. But I mean, joking aside and, and grossness yeah. aside, squeamishness, you know, will be yeah. there. Um, it's very important, isn't it? Because it's a very good indicator of, of gut health, isn't it? I mean, Absolutely. ultimately, anyone that's got babies will know, have had babies, they'll know how obsessed they were with the first few years of what their children were producing. Anyone that owns dogs and puppies <laughs> will be obsessed with what their pets are yeah, producing. Yeah, they're looking at whether they're normal. Is it small, firm and not too smelly? It's I mean, ultimately, it's, it's a very, very effective indicator. It's really important. And I think one of the reasons why I end up specialising this is I've always believed as a naturopath that Help. Well, naturopaths will probably say disease starts in the gut, and I I like to use the words health starts in the gut, and um, well, certain then certainly disease. And the more we learn about this, we can see the links. Well, gut brain link. We can link to mm. obesity. We can link to autoimmune conditions. We can link to skin health. There are so many links between what's going on in the gut and what's going on in the rest of the body. So it's really really important to not ignore things, is what I would say. Actually, mm. um, doesn't mean there are serious things going on, but it does mean that the body's not functioning 100% when there's these symptoms that are occurring so I'm glad you've indulged me there because one thing that <laughs> Thought Garden never does and I never do with Thought Garden is it's kind of dodge the more icky stuff so when talking about nature I mean nature is not all sunshine and rainbows and puppies and things it's worms it's dirt it's mud it's fungus it's... and you know what we need to yeah. let our kids play in oh the yes there is a massive massive link between what we call atopic conditions like eczema and asthma that's on the increase because we make um, the um, everything's too sterile these days. Mm. It's a Dettol generation, isn't it? Children not, are not, not to, exposed. Not to, to knock Dettol, but yeah, yeah everything's Dettol wipes every five exactly. minutes. They get wiped down. They get cleaned. And, and children are born sterile. Babies mm. are born sterile, and they have to come into contact with dirt and germs to yeah. build up their own. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you think of, I don't know. I mean, you and I are relatively similar ages, I would imagine. And I'm sure, you know, climbing trees and playing in ditches and, and dens and making mud pies. Fun. What kids make mud pies nowadays? My nephews and nieces, I don't think any of them have ever made a single mud pie. Yeah, we I just want to take them out of my garden with some dishes and make some freaking mud pies. Yeah. And get them grubby. I mean, exactly. you know, maybe that horse may have already bolted, but. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm trying to make perfume out of rose petals in water. It doesn't oh, yeah. work, by the way, all you end up with is stagnant, smelly yeah. water. And it doesn't smell like roses, I can tell you that much. <laughs> so, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, um, Caroline, if somebody is curious and would like to hear more from you um, or would like to work with you or has something they're worried about, wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? I mean, we can put this in the show notes, but do sure. how is it so, easy? Uh, my... The easiest way um, is to email me at caroline at Peyton Principles. My, my website, my business name is Peyton Principles. Um, and I have a Facebook page called Peyton Principles Natural Health and an Instagram page called Peyton Principles Natural we'll, Health. We'll put all those links in the show. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, you know, I love to have just a, obviously no obligation chat with people about what their health concerns might be. I like to understand a bit more about individuals and how, and then I can explain how I could potentially help them so you know do get in touch if anyone would like to know more 
That would be that would be brilliant. So one thing we always do with Thought Garden, Garden, Garden as we're closing up is ask our guests to leave our listeners with a thought, something they can ponder while they wander or while they're cleaning the kitchen or putting up a fence or washing the car or going for a drive or on their commute. It doesn't matter if they've got some downtime and they just want something to think about or an argument to have at dinner. What thought would you like to leave our listeners with today? Oh, gosh. Um, I would like to say that um, don't ignore symptoms that you may have. Don't don't put up with feeling under par. Just to go away and have a, an assessment of your life. You know, do you think you're eating well? Are you hydrated? Are you getting out in fresh air? Is there anything to do about your stress levels? It's all interlinked. Um, but, you know, it is possible to, you know, reach optimum, vibrant health when we start to listen to our bodies a bit more. Yeah, and how do, how do we do that? I mean, I think I, I practice a little bit of mindfulness every now and again, certainly something I promote with others is to stop and do that sort of sense check, that, that check in with your body, yeah. notice areas of tension, that kind of thing. It's what would you say if you're noticing something that's coming up, say more than once? Would that be an indicator of, of something to be looked into? Yeah, if you're getting repeat headaches, you know, intense headaches and they're, they're happening quite a lot, then yes, start, you know, and, and by all means, go to your doctor. I'm not trying to send everybody rushing off to their doctors with things, but um, it is worth just stopping and thinking, well, why might that happen? Is it happening at a certain time? As a thing, is it happening at a certain <laughs> time in the month for ladies, for example? Could it be a hormonal link or, you know, is it something you've just eaten that you think, oh, there's, is there a connection? Maybe keep a little reaction diary. And so if something like a headache is keep coming back, you know, what, what's going, going on? You know, if I've been more stressed, for example, but just stop and observe and reflect maybe. When the niggles aren't so one off, when the niggles become exactly. a little. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Don't ignore a niggle. <laughs> at least at least note it so you recognise it for next time. You know if it's repeating or not. So there you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Caroline. This has been wonderful. I really, really thank okay. you for your we will put everything in the show notes so you can get hold of Caroline should you want to, need to. Um, and I do believe you've got a YouTube channel, haven't you, Caroline? I do. So Peyton Principles Natural Health is my YouTube channel. So yeah. um, there's a lot of videos in there on all sorts of topics. <laughs> so there you go. If you want a bigger fit, fix of it, <laughs> I'm try and say it again now, naturopathy. If you want a bigger fix of that, then um, go and check out Caroline's YouTube channel. Again, the link is in the show notes. So thank you for listening to Thought Garden. Um, do hit the subscribe button. Do give us feedback. Let me know what you think. Let you let me know what you would like to hear about in the future. And if you want to be a future guest, come and tell me that too. Thank you for listening. And I'll hopefully have you listening next time. <laughs>